everything that was messy and broken in the room was was my bio daughter's fault. Mm-hmm. And since the father was responsible for that, he was telling my daughter to clean everything. And I was like, oh my God, this is Cinderella. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related, real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Top of the morning to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Y'all will have to excuse David's morning voice. It's my very white voice. Actually, it's not too bad. Like we literally woke up 15 minutes ago. Yeah, because we live this nacho life. Like, <laughs> get up and do it. Yeah. <laughs> now, don't matter how bad you sound, just do it. Right? That's right. Dave's over there drinking coffee. He'll be making gulping noises. I know. Coffee, man. Drive me insane. <laughs> Coffee's going to save my life. I read an article of all the health benefits of coffee. So while you're old with dementia and aching bones, I'll still be running around like a whippersnapper. You ain't running around like a whippersnapper now. I need to drink more coffee. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What do we want to talk about today? Oh, let's talk about something that I noticed yesterday when I went to get tires put on my car. Okay. There is a sticker. (laughs) On the back of my car (laughs) that says zombie apocalypse response unit (laughs) in bright green. I didn't put it there. How did I get there? Well, David apparently did it because he has a Jeep that he has turned into some kind of zombie apocalypse machine. I felt like an idiot. How long have I been riding around with that on my car, David? Since the day I got the stickers in. It's about two weeks. (laughs) Okay, that goes to show you that I don't look at the back of my car very often. And just for the record, I had help. My sweet baby boy. (laughs) I ain't going to say. Just say I got help. (laughs) Well, the funny thing is I would not have even seen it. Yesterday, if I had not went to look for the little lock bolt thing or whatever for your tires, because mm-hmm. I thought it was in my trunk, and then I opened my trunk and there's all kind of clothes. I'm like, oh crap, I hope it's not in here. And then I shut the trunk and I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> y'all, I'm not into the zombie apocalypse crap. Bright green. Mm. I wonder how long it take you to see it. You know, I mentioned that. Gosh, maybe two podcasts ago, I said something about, you know, we did something and you don't know it yet. That might have been during a podcast recording. I don't remember. But I'm not very happy with this. (laughs) (laughs) I think this may turn into a war. You remember the video of the girl who had her husband's car like wrapped? Yes, they're in England. I love them. I think it's like lad baby or something like that they torture each other all the time yeah but i'm sure they make money doing it oh i'm sure we're not making money doing it so don't torture me too bad just being married to you is enough (laughs) so if anybody would like to give me some suggestions (laughs) on ways to get david back please email me at lori at nachokids.com because really I'm like, I have been riding around with this stupid sticker on my car. And it's just to clarify as well, it's on your back glass. So it's not like on the bumper. Oh, and I couldn't even see it through my rear view mirror. That's why I put it on the back glass. (laughs) (laughs) Why would you think I would want that on my car? Hilarious. I didn't think you'd want it on the car. That's why I put it there. Lord help my soul. Hey, it's better than what I really, really wanted to do. I really wanted to take the sticker that was like two foot in diameter and put it on your hood. Yeah. You would have died. <laughs> I would have seen that one fairly quickly. Oh, yeah. You would have seen that. Everybody would have seen that. One. <laughs> I just don't get your button pushing. What do you mean button pushing? That was a practical joke that I did to spend time with your son. 
It was bonding. But see, now I want to be like, my sweet baby boy put that on there. Maybe I shouldn't take it off. Maybe I should ride around and look like an idiot. Honestly, I'm going to say this low because he's in the next room. But honestly, he's the one that came up with the idea. No, he didn't. He did. No. He said, we should put that on my mom's car. And I was like, that's a fantastic idea, Jackson. He is pretty smart. So um, it was just a bonding moment with with me and the stepson. Hmm. So there you go, guys. You want to have bonding moments with your stepkids? (laughs) (laughs) Just torture the wife. Okay, i got to quit thinking of my paybacks. (laughs) How do I get it off my car? You have to have one of those little... Um, razor blade scrapers. Uh, no, no, no. You and sweet baby boy can do that. Um, not my car. <laughs> <laughs> not my car. Not my problem. <laughs> it's not nacho kids. Nacho problem. It's nacho kids. Nacho responsibility. Get okay. it right. Not my car. Not my responsibility. <laughs> How about yeah. that? Well, you should have kept your hands off other people's cars. Well, well I didn't touch your car. I think you should do that to your dad. Oh, he, he'd never see it. I know. <laughs> so you put it on there and be like, I don't know what he's doing. You could do like UFO hunter. Yeah. Professional UFO hunter. Anyway, okay. Let's talk about our guest today. All right. Our guest today is Deborah. Hello, Deborah. <laughs> she has been blending almost a year and a half. They dated for five years, two bio kids, bio son nine, bio daughter seven, three stepkids, stepdaughter 27, stepdaughter 11, and stepdaughter nine. Wow. She's from your favorite place in the world, David. My favorite place in the world? Your dream place. What's that? Brazil. No, it ain't Brazil that I like. (laughs) It's the women from Brazil. (laughs) 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 okay um we're not going there (laughs) kids got along great in the beginning surprise yeah that happens to us all stepmom came in super stepmom with her cape on and guess what what happened somebody had kryptonite she got burnout the cape Began to strangle her. <laughs> Somebody was stepping on it. The good thing is, she gets along with Bio Mom fairly well. Hmm. In fact, she encourages Bio Mom to stand up to her husband, <laughs> not to Bio Mom's husband, Bio Mom's ex husband. So her current husband, stepmom's current husband. Right. Mm-hmm. She, she gangs up on him. No, no, no. She's not involved in the ganging up. She's just encouraged. She, she is involved. She's indirectly involved. This poor guy has two women. Oh, no, no. Not this poor guy. He's a control freak. Poor guy. Yeah. That's why he's a control freak. Because <laughs> these two women are badgering him all the time. No, I'm telling you, she's not badgering him. Okay. She's just telling. Did you interview him? No. All right, then. You got one side of the story. Come on, man. I read something about all you men out there. Shout out. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Then women badger us. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if men wasn't afraid to get on the podcast. Yeah, I said it. I said it, y'all. We have men on the podcast. We had one a couple weeks ago. You don't count. I'm talking about Hector. Oh, we haven't released that one yet. Okay. But still. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we have some few awesome men. (laughs) So, yeah, men, you want to defend yourself? I think I'll just interview the men by myself. This is my podcast. (laughs) Not your podcast, David. I still got to get your own. I am going to start a button pushers podcast. Well, I'm getting ready to buy (laughs) buttonpushers.com. I am. Y'all think I'm kidding. David won't get it for me, so I will find some other IT company. One that helps me with my issues. Got more issues than IT company can fix. Oh, aren't we funny this morning? Yeah. Coffee's kicking in. Uh-huh. All right. All right. Then you ready to get listening? Yeah, but I think that we should mention the stepmom view. Okay. 
The Stepmom View is a collaboration of five step family experts answering the most challenging step family questions. Check it out. Yeah. Go to stepmomview.com. Check it out. There's 26 questions, I believe. Mm -hmm. And how many hours of video content? 13. Oh, my gosh. And I will guarantee you, you will learn a lot and you will laugh a lot because it is video and you can see our faces. Yeah. And Lori don't hide facial expressions. <laughs> no, I don't. That's why I have long hair to cover my face up. Yep. So go check that out. Stepmomview.com. Now let's get on to our interview with Deborah. But first, here's a word about the Nacho Kids Academy. There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle step family challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit nachokidsacademy.com and sign up today to join other step parents who are seeing the life-changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's nachokidsacademy.com. Today, we have stepmom, Deborah. Hey, Deborah, how are you? Good. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about your blend. How long have you been blending? We've been blending marriage for 16 months. Oh, not long. Yeah, no, marriage now, but we we have a relationship. We are about since dating, right? Like five years, four years. All right. So do you have any hours kids, bio kids, or just step kids? Yeah, so I have uh, two bio kids, a boy, a, a nine-year-old boy, and about to be seven-year-old girl. Her, birth, her birthday is coming. Okay. My husband has three bio kids. So I have three step kids. So, but one is a 27-year-old. Mm -hmm. She's grown up and she's gone. So she's not in the blend. And uh, we have an 11-year-old. He has an 11-year-old girl. And a nine-year-old girl, the same age as my as my boy. I'm a bio son. <laughs> they kind of like step twins. <laughs> yeah. So he had all girls. He had all girls. Yes. Wow. A 27-year-old and an 11-year-old. Yes, but they are different moms. He had a first marriage when he was from 19, I think, for about 27 years old. Mm -hmm. So that was his first marriage, and then um, he got a divorce. And then he met his girl's mom a couple of years later, and they were married for 11 years, and they also got a divorce. Okay. So had this big gap. Yes, big gap. So tell us a little bit about your blend. When you met, how did the kids get along? Things of that nature. I am from overseas. I'm from Brazil. So I moved here to United States to be with my mom. So my mom would help me with, the, with my kids and everything. And then when I met my, my husband, we started dating. We did everything like the protocol says. You know, we wait like a, uh, like a month before we introduced the kids. Mm -hmm. When we introduced the kids, they, they like each other like straight away. They were like super good. So and then we started having dates always with them. Mm -hmm. So and then it was great. We were always doing lots of fun things. And uh, so... Like everybody, I guess, all the blended family, we thought that, oh, that's meant to be. The kids get along just fine. They're just, there were like some bickering and some fights if we stayed too long together, but but they were doing good. Oh, the whole thing were, were, were good. I used to spend, because at the time I, when I moved to the United States, I wanted to change careers to do something different here. Mm -hmm. So I went. I wasn't working or anything, so I went to school. So I had summers off. So that was like for me, it was like oh, opportunity to to be with the my stepkids, right? It wasn't at the time. It was like the girlfriend, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and my kids to be together. So I spent summers with them, and it was it was like great. We didn't have much issues, which which was a big change after we got married. <laughs> Did it change? instantly after you got married or did you see some of the changes happening slowly it was instantly it was something first of all i had to do even with my husband it was instantly 
uh, the I was studying at the time, so I I knew it what was about to happen. As they say, <laughs> the, the grieving moment, like they have to to grieve, to go into grief, and that happened in my house, like like immediately. Mm-hmm. All of them, my dear husband, went on a depression. My stepkids were all very. Uh, it was suffering. You knew they were suffering because they starting to do things that they didn't used to. They were like super happy kids. Didn't didn't have a clue what was going on, I guess. And then after we got married, and we tried to have a unity, and things start to backfire. The more I tried to make it united, it more it backfired. I remember one of the big issues, for example, we live in a four bedroom house, mm-hmm. and we have four four kids, right? And us. so there are only three rooms. So what we are gonna do? So either. His girls used to have the rooms for themselves. They all had their own room. And there was a guest room in the house. And then uh, we didn't know what to do about rooms. And my husband wanted to get his girls to share one of the rooms, one of the bedrooms. And my kids to share another bedroom. And I was like, oh, I'm not sure about that. Because my my I, I, was, I was thinking that I could separate the boy, you know. Because I, I, my, my son and my daughter already shared a bedroom. Mm-hmm. So like I thought it was, would be an opportunity to separate them, right? And then so we, we, instead of forcing, because, and I knew they wouldn't let go of their room that easy, right? The girls. Right. And uh, I was like, let's just, uh, because buying a new house was out of the picture. We no money. We had no money for that. Mm-hmm. That would be ideal, right? Right. But we couldn't do that. So I remember we, we dropped it at the kids. We said, oh, so what are we going to do about rooms? And at that time, the 11-year-old wanted to share a room with my son because they really got along because they like video games. And she's 11 and he, he, is, he is nine. Mm-hmm. But they, they are the ones that play together because they share the same kind of like uh, affinities or things they like. Uh-huh. And this, the nine-year-old girl and my daughter, seven-year-old girl, about to be seven, they really get along. They play with Barbies. They play with dolls. So immediately they wanted to do this. And we were like, okay, so let's do that. So I started buying the bunking beds. And then the mat, the, my stepdaughter's mom, we talked to her about it, what we were planning to do. Because she's been asking, well, how are you guys going to do the room arrangements and stuff? And then we have a good relationship with, with her. So we talked to her and we said, oh, we're going to do the 11-year-old and the, the, the 9-year-old boy in the room. And it's like, mm, I don't think that's a good idea. He's a boy. She's a girl. And at the time, I was like, oh, bummer. I felt, oh, but that, that sounds so good. Because I, I was very naive about anything that could possibly happen. You know, they're kids and never seen anything. And I'm always on top of them. But then I was thinking, I oh, know she's right. Let's let's separate them. Because the, the other girls, they don't want to separate. They wanted to share. And we're like, okay. So I made the whole room. So I changed the rooms a little bit. So I got, I got my site, broke the guest room which was a big thing for my husband. He really didn't like, wanted to let go of the guest room. Mm-hmm. But nobody goes there. But I think he was like, in the back of his mind, that was where his adult daughter used to go when she visited. Oh, that's it. Yeah, so for him, for me, it was like, what? What am I going to do? I'm going to put my kid to sleep in the couch because he was taking forever to do it. I was like, well, I need to get my son a room. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had this guest room and his adult daughter had decorated a little bit the guest room and everything, but she wasn't here, right? She wasn't living with us anymore. It's was like, well, we need to put this apart and start making a boy room. And he was like, ah. Oh. And then he tried to convince his 11-year-old daughter to go to the guest room because for him it was like, but we're going to give this guest because the guest room is in suite with the bathroom. Ah. It's a better bathroom. So he's trying to convince his 11-year-old to go to the guest room, but she doesn't want it. She didn't want to. She, was, she wanted to stay in her room. She grew up there, right? She's like, no, dad, I don't want that. Give it to, give it this to, to my brother, right? To my stepbrother. Mm-hmm. She was all okay about that. And he was like, oh, delaying. It was very hard for me to, little by little, I started putting things, you know, starting decorating. I put a bunk bed there too. Changed the because there used to be a queen bed, mm-hmm. so took the queen bed off. Started putting boys' pictures and blah blah blah. I made a boy room, and he was not happy about it. But but he didn't really say anything. You just you just see, right? The other person like, mm, okay, yeah. 
Okay, so you went along that for the first year we were married. So the girls shared their room. And I started having a lot of issues with my stepdaughter and my bio daughter sharing the same room. They were very happy about it. But my stepdaughters, they never really had any expectations about keeping the room clean, things organized. And I was very <laughs> strict about that. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was like a, a sign of letting, neglecting them if I wasn't there cleaning their room and folding their clothes and make sure they had organized and clean and nice environment to be. Right. right? Mm-hmm. So I was always doing that. I didn't see that as me like invading the privacy, right? At first, I was like, no, I'm doing something good, you know, for them. Uh huh. So I put all of this load on me and, and we have like every other week. Uh, routine. So in the beginning, the every other okay routine for the first year, we are adapting. So I noticed that the the suffering from the the the, the step kids on this griefing because of the questions, because of uh, uh, my step kid used to be acting out towards me, like blaming me for for realizing that mom and dad wouldn't be together anymore. Mm-hmm. She even talk to me about it she really they really we really have had a good relationship while we were they were dating because they saw me as this cool babysitter and dad's girlfriend that because we always did everything fun right so i was like connected to fun right and then so she she started to just be very mean to me to be honest i think she was blaming that I wasn't going back, she would ask me, when are you going back to Brazil? You know, because in her mind, I was there on vacation. <laughs> I was going to go. Yes. I said, well, we're married now, you know. I had to explain, no, I'm never leaving. And she's like, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> she's like, crap. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, okay, so then little by little, so there was this grieving. A part of my husband, uh, this is a marriage uh, situation, right? Me and my husband had to deal with and the kids suffering in the room. And one of the conflicts it started. The first one was the room thing, the room issue. So every week they came over. My daughter is super excited, right? She kept asking me, how many days to the girls to come here? How many days to the girls come here? And I started to feel like, you know, in the beginning it was fun. I wanted them there. But then little by little, I was like, oh my God, five days. I think I'm having panic attacks about them coming back. Yes. <laughs> because I had to deal with all of this. And what, what ended up happening with the rooms was I got, I got overwhelmed of cleaning every Friday when they left. They, and they starting to, the mess is starting to be like astronomical. Mm-hmm. Like it, I, I remember telling my, my husband, go, she's destroying her room. And I remember I made some beautiful decorations. I made it like a girly room because she didn't have that because everything was torn apart. And she started touring apart everything I got and to the point that she would start breaking my my daughter's stuff. This is not your territory. And then I, I caught them saying very mean things to my kids. And and it was very stressing because they're kids. Right. Right. And they they're mean <laughs> and they are suffering. So she was being mean to me. She was being extremely mean to my my seven-year-old. So they start fighting fighting a lot and my my seven-year-old she was little she was still uh, a lot of uh, problems communicating mm-hmm. so she sorts out to emotion outbursts a lot you know so she would like just overreact to things so they got ugly fights and I was like there's something wrong with my daughter but she couldn't communicate she would say love but this is unfair because what was ha- asking uh during their week because as I got overwhelmed of cleaning the room, I couldn't keep up. I started asking my husband to step in mm-hmm. without knowing that or anything. I just asked him to, st- I didn't back up. I just needed another help. You know, I need a, a maid or somebody to help me with this room because she breaks everything and I don't want my daughter to sleep in a room like this. Right. The 11 year old, it was easier for me to let go. Because it was hers room. There was not my daughter's things there, you know? Right. They weren't sharing a room. Yeah. So I let her go uh, earlier, you know, like, okay, it's your room. I'm not going to mind anything. I'm not going to come here and fold your clothes or check, say, see if there's any food. You, 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 you deal with your dad. And then I started telling her that about it. 
So he started dealing with the 11-year-old. And, but I was still there, very active with the other girls, right? In the other girls' room, because mothers know, right? No kid want to clean their room. So we need, it's a constant work, like all the time on top of the kid. Oh, you go play here, you put it this back, blah, 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 blah. My stepdaughter was like, oh my God, this lady is annoying. <laughs> I cannot have my fun moment. She comes to her house and they were super excited about it because oh, their mom moved. And their dad stay in their house where they grew up. So they love their house, you know? Right. And I'll come to Roma and she wants everything. Nobody ever teach me how to organize anything of this Brazilian lady is telling me to all the time, you know, I cannot have a, my express myself the way I want it, right? I, now I see like this. And but the problem was my daughter. And I started putting my my husband more act uh, more like how can I say, participating more. Mm-hmm. So I say, oh, she needs to clean her room. But what happens is like he couldn't keep up, uh, he couldn't uh, keep up with. He, w- he wasn't going, he's not like a mom. He's not paying attention. He, he, he would go like in the end of the day, please clean your room. You got to clean your room right now. He was very harsh. Right. Or he would say, Deborah really wants you to, this room clean. And I was like, oh my God, that makes no sense. It has to be us. Right. <laughs> no, like, you're putting that on me. But he was, and then he made her do it, which got even worse. And I was like, oh my God. And so it got to the point that I couldn't do it anymore. And it was getting very hard for my uh, my little one because she also messed the room up too, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, she's a kid. And she was the one in the up cleaning because her stepsister is older. So it's smart. She started putting a lot of blame on her. Everything that was messy and broken in the room was, was my bio daughter's fault. Mm-hmm. And since the father was responsible for that, he was telling my daughter to clean everything. And I was like, oh my God, this is Cinderella. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter's living in and my daughter was freaking out. And she she was starting to get aggressive because nobody would understand and empathize with her pain. No, this stepdaughter never cleaned her room. And my daughter had to do and myself every Friday. So then I was like, okay. And then I had to talk to my daughter and I said, I'm going to move you downstairs to sleep with your brother. And little by little, I started taking my daughter out of that room. Mm-hmm. Right. And now I put it them back together. So my daughter's now sharing a room. It's much more peaceful for me and for my stepdaughter too. And her dad still tell her to clean her room, but it's like, he doesn't go there to check. So it's horrible. <laughs> I just close the door and I'm like, okay, keep your room, stay. But it does, it, it makes me feel bad because I have two stepkids that come every other weekend to a house where they have their rooms for themselves while my kids that live there 100% of the time share a room in the basement, right? Because the guest room was in the basement. So your stepkids come every other week or every other weekend? Every other week. Okay. Yeah, so they're there fifty percent of the time. Yeah, and have their own room, and then your kids have to share a room, and they're there all the time. All the time, yeah. It makes them feel like we don't belong here. I don't know if it's that my mind. I am my kids. To be honest, my daughter, she's very happy about it. She doesn't have to go there in that mess and clean, so she's okay about it. Maybe deep inside, I never had this conversation with my kids. You know, it's just do you mind? No, I never talk about this. You know, I just. I just explained to them what was going on. Maybe sometimes in the future, each will change. I always tell them things are never what they are forever. You know, things are fluid. They always change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You said that about you don't know if it bothers your, your kids as much as it bothers you. Yeah. Because a lot of times it bothers us more than it bothers our kids. And we make a big deal out of it when the kids are actually okay with things. Yes. Yes, that's true. But I'm sure if you ask them, would you rather be upstairs and have your own room, more than likely they'd say yes. Yeah, but they don't don't worry about it and overthink about it and they're not suffering about it. I don't think so. Right. And that's important. It would be different if they were coming to you saying we feel like outcasts. Yes. And things like that. I remember with my son... A lot of times the brothers, as we would call them, would leave him out of stuff. Mm. Like if we went to Wendy's, the brothers would go pile up in a booth. Well, there's only enough room for four people. So my son would just be standing there and it broke my heart. Yeah. But my son didn't care. He was used to sitting with me. 
Yeah. Normally it was just me and him. So it wasn't that big of a deal for him to sit with me and David. But to me, it was, y'all are leaving my baby out and he's standing there looking confused. And oh, it just ripped my heart out. It really did. Yeah. But then I had to step back and say, wait a minute. This is bothering me more than it is him. Uh-huh. And I used to always tell him, if something's bothering you, you know you can talk to me about it. I have this with my kids, too. I always tell them that, too. They're- yeah, because we don't want to project our feelings onto them. Yeah. Yeah. Because the next thing you know, they'll be like, oh, yeah, we're outcasts. We live in a basement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't even want them to hear that, you know, because they never really thought about that. This is mine. This comes from me. Mm-hmm. I never Anything. I just observe to see how it's going, but they, they, they don't mind. Yeah. I do think it's funny that you mentioned that your husband was trying to convince his daughter to take the room with the bathroom. Uh-huh. Because I can see it from his standpoint. She's a girl. This is where she's lived forever. It would be better for her to have that. But at the same time, it's almost, again putting his kids before yours. Yes. So there's always this conflict or this dilemma, we'll say, of how do you make things equal and fair? Yes. Yeah. And also his other daughter too, right? Because probably in his mind, we never talked about this, right? But I'm imagining probably in his mind, his other daughter when visiting would much more likely be welcome and okay to sharing the room with her half-sister in a girly environment, then with the stepbrother, you know, that she doesn't really have uh, any contact, much contact with, right? She's more distant from the step because she's not there. Right. Yeah. She hasn't built a bond with him. Yes. And also, so she wouldn't feel that excluded, but now she is completely out of the house. And I never really realized that, you know, in my mind, it was like, I just need a room for my kid. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's hard for us to put ourselves in the other person's shoes sometimes. And I remember when David's kids moved out, I'm thinking, okay, great. We're going to get the upstairs cleaned out. We're going to make the rooms this, this, and this. Well, it seemed like forever before David got up here to do anything. And in my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'll just go up there and clean it out. Yeah. Well, of course, you don't want a step-parent cleaning out the stepkid stuff because I may have thrown away something that was important to them and didn't realize it. So I never did come up here to clean things out, and David finally did it, but I didn't realize that part of it is hard for them because they are cleaning out their kids' rooms and realizing their kids aren't going to live here again. Yeah, it's painful for them. You know, they're going through that whole the whole process of, uh, of grief, right? Yes. Like you said, there's grief when you got married to your husband. There's grief with... Even the losing a room sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But that takes a while for you to realize, you know, put yourself apart from what your kids, your bio kids feel, you know, what's you, what's their feeling, Mm -hmm. not to mess it up. Understand, put yourself in the other person's shoes, be emphatic of the whole situation and be okay that it, it won't be fair and it won't be there will be a lot of pain and suffering. So uh, the broom was uh, the, the biggest eye-opening for me that, well, this, there's something not really working out. And uh, it, and and it's funny because little by little things started to pop up. So that was one thing. And um, another issue was chores, right? Mm-hmm. Because kids were very young. So and, and, me, and me and my husband, we were like, okay, we need to start getting them to do things. Right. Yeah, let's help get them. because I was doing everything and then I started feeling like uh, they expect even my kids, right? They were treating me like a maid. Mm-hmm. Not only my stepkids. Yeah. I wanted some unity. So and then we come up. I had many different kinds of short shorts. I used to be a teacher, right? So and I was no, I'm got, we're gonna use reward. My my husband's very authoritarian. So I tried to 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 open his mind of stop being authoritarian. I hate that you yell at your girls like they are soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> I hated that. So I didn't want any of that with my kids. And so I started doing all of these reward shorts and system that they never heard of. 
And they were always overly compensated by their dad because it was a completely different style of parenting, right? Mm-hmm. And then I, I started putting that dishwares with rewards, but they really never really, my kids were very excited about it because they were used to being uh, motivated and into that kind of uh, reward system, right? Sure. That's why I've been always trying to, like I did in the classroom, right? right. So my kids were like, are responsive to it, but the, the except kids now. Uh, they were like, no, no, I don't need, I remember I started giving them, I'll say, okay, I'll compensate with you guys. I'm going to take you guys to the dollar, dollar tree. And then you guys can pick it because they love the dollar tree. We can pick anything that you want, the dollar store. And then my kids were like, woohoo, excited about it. I remember this. I gave them each a dollar. <laughs> my step kid comes with her wallet and she gets like a 20. Okay, guys, what do you want to <laughs> buy it for you? I was like, what? Did you get money? And she's like, my dad gave me last week. I was like, oh my, he gave it $20? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> He's really. So I was like, no, this is not working. And it started all the conflict too, because what happened? I had this chore that the kids had to do. Help me with the dishes. Normal things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Let me see. Help with the dishes. Help with the pets. We got, we have chickens. We have dogs. So um, keep the room clean. So everybody has this chore. I got everybody involved, right? Right. But while uh, little by little, my st- I noticed that my stepkids, they were getting away a lot with the chores. And my kids were doing everything mm-hmm. because I would go to my stepdaughter and would remind her, oh, the dog needs water. And she would be like, okay. And the dog would be thirsty the whole day, right? <laughs> but, but then I would come to my son and say, I, I feel sorry for the dog, you know, and I cannot do it because they need to do it. I would go to my son and say, can you go get the dog water? And my son cannot say no to me, right? Right. He knows better, right? He knows better. Or he cannot just say, oh, yeah, there will be a consequence to him because I have to punish and whatever or reward either way. And, uh, and it, it, it really affects him. I use not punishing, but reward. And my, my stepkids didn't care about the rewards. They didn't care about getting him uh, a check or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, and what was happening was my kids were overwhelmed because the weeks they were there, they had to do like, I would say 80% of the chores. The weeks they were not there, they had to do 100% of the chores. So that was like totally unequal. So my kids started to rebel against me. Yes. It was horrible. It was painful for me because they were like, no, I don't want to do it. And I didn't know how to solve all of the tantrums and all the meltdowns. And I was like, oh, there's something not working here. And then I, I talked to my, my husband and said, this is not working. This is not working. And my husband tended to be getting my step, uh, his stepkids to do it too, because if my kids listen, his didn't. Mm-hmm. I also put a lot of pressure on my kids because he would get home. You go do it, especially the boy, right? Because he he was raised uh, in the old model, so he was like always on top of my boy. And my boy was like, "Oh my god!" And he ne- I never raised him different, like generally different from his sister. Mm-hmm. And so, he's like, why do I have to do all everything? And these girls are just lazy watching TV, you know. And I'm here <laughs> doing yard work, and <laughs> like he was like, "No, this is not fair." And I was, yeah, that's not fair. And I started getting very angry and then had a very hard conversation with my husband because he is very hard to talk to due to a lot of issues. So I was like, ah, oh. so it took a long time for me to actually make him realize and see that was unfair. And so we got to, but the chores needed to be done and we are not going to hire me. So we were like, what do we do? And then we started having the chores split. On week. So my kids would do everything when the girls were at their, their other house uh-huh. with their mom. And they, they would come home and they would be responsible for all the chores when they were at home. So my kids would literally watching TV while they would be doing the work. And my husband was okay with it. He was getting, this is not going to happen. I, I think in my mind, this is not going to work. But anyway, he's like, no, if they come to me and they think and they say anything, I'll tell them they have to do. So We've been doing that. What I ended up with was I had to step away from chores because they won't do it with me. Nothing gets done. My kids see it. So on the weeks that they're not there, my kids doesn't want to do it because they never do it. So I am uh, struggling with the short thing because my husband, he does step, but he feels guilty. You know, he doesn't want, 
he he agreed on the separating the shores and everything, but he n- knows that the, the the his daughters are going through a hard time doing something they are not used to. He's taking it very. How can I say? He doesn't know what to do about it, you know. And then I just let him do it. And I told him, I said, I, I'm okay if they don't do. You can do it, you know, as long as you get home and you do it. But he hates that, you know. He thinks that I should do it because I am at home. You know, so I should be doing. But at, at the same time, he doesn't want me to do it. And he wants the girls to learn. And then he starts suffering because this starts to open his mind to the fact that we are not the family he expected. Mm-hmm. So he is daughters. You know, why can't I make them? Because he, he's like, you have to make them. You know, if they don't want to do it, you just go and yell at them. You know, the way he parents. I was like, I'm not doing this. I'm, I'm not this course. I'm not going to yell at anybody. Well, the thing is. I'm sure that he does have some disappointment about the family not being like a nuclear family. Yeah. But you know you know this. It's not your responsibility to change his kids. It's his. No, I tried and nothing happens. And I've, I've been telling, I can't do it. It's not working. And then he's, no, you need to be more consistent. It's like, no, it's different. It's And so he's at this moment trying to realize that well yeah not because i don't want to you know it's just it's gonna be like we hear from all these stepmoms you dedicate your life and you 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 kind of traumatize those kids right try making them do the way you want when they grow up they are not gonna carry much yeah because what would happen is if you started yelling at his kids or demanding they do chores and were constantly on them, you need to do this and you need to do that, even if you weren't yelling, they would eventually not want to come there. Yeah, exactly. And then he would blame that on you. Yeah, true. I kept, I, I told him that it, it, it can't be, it can't be like uh, they come here and they are on vacation. But it can't be that they come here and they have to do everything that they've never done before. I think we, we need to take some time and uh, let things go slowly. Because I think that was our biggest problem. We wanted everybody in this unit family because he sought things like, even with the other mom, you know, in the other house, he completely ignores her. But that was a problem they had in their relationship before you know and then i started to realize that later he always ignored completely what she does in her house he is like that ex-husband that he calls her and tell her exactly how she's gonna do in her house (laughs) but he is doing you know like and i was like can you stop controlling the main situation i was like you have you don't have two wives you have only one me no, she's your ex. Leave her alone. Yes. So then she comes to pick up the kids and she goes and she ends, she goes inside and she waits and she waits because he always has the girls to do something when she comes to pick them up. And I look at her. Why don't you go? You know, go home. Leave him. No, don't wait. I and mean, she's no, no, I have to wait. So she let him control this. And I was like, my goodness. Yeah. And, you know, that's disrespectful to her. Exactly. Yeah, because if he has something that he wants them to do and he knows that she's coming at, say, six o'clock at night, then he needs to tell them to do it at five o'clock or five thirty. So they're done by the time she comes. It's not right for her to sit there. And he's lucky that she doesn't cause issues with that, because a lot of people could actually decide you're interfering with my parenting time by not having them ready and I'm going to take you to court. Yes, yes. No, she is almost like a doormat and she makes things worse. She's getting better. but <laughs> Probably from your coaching. <laughs> but he is, he is a very difficult person. And then I learned that since day one. Was, oh my God, I need to have my boundaries very strong with this man. Mm-hmm. He has this control issue. He has a control issue. Exactly this. Mm-hmm. So if you are a person that has no boundaries, right? Right. You're going to walk over by him. Yeah. And that, that happens a lot because also what happens in our relationship too is that she depends on him too much, you know, let him rule too much. And, uh, it kind of gets overwhelming to us because, for example, she wants to be with, with her kids, so she takes them, but she doesn't have time to do much of the extracurricular activities or even school. Mm-hmm. She can handle much very well, but she values that time with her kids at home with her. But that means, for example, my husband wants all the kids doing sports. 
my kids are always in sport and we are very active and we love it. He is ex. No, she doesn't like doing that. But he completely ignores the fact that she's different, that she doesn't want to raise their kids like this. He does and he because he is controlling. So he's like, no, they are going to do it. And so when I was in the beginning of the relationship, I always talked to my husband, right? Mm-hmm. I have a very good relationship with her, but but I need to talk to my husband. Right? I'm not going to talk to her. So I was talking my husband and he was like, no, sign the girls too. So I would sign my kids to sport, which makes sense for me, right? I'm signing my kids to sport. It makes it easier for me to take everybody together. I always try to put the schedules connected. So take control of it. But we are doing a schedule of every other week. So the other house has a very big influence on our house. Right. It's not like I'm going to sign you up this and then next Wednesday, who's going to take them? So I got so overwhelmed to me because of what I was doing was I was taking, I was being with his, my stepkids over the other parents' time. Oh. Yeah, because they, I had to take them to gymnastics, for example. So I would go take the kids to gymnastics on, on Thursday. So when they're out with their mom, they basically stay, they would go to school, daycare, and go to mom. Mom would pick them up in daycare at six. While I was with my kids full time, right at home. So it's much more, makes much more sense not to pay the care on the day they have gymnastics, right? Right. So they go to Deborah. So, and then I would have them full time with me on Thursday. That made things like if gymnastics got a little too late, they would spend the night with me. They were all over all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I was, no, this is no, I end up with, I end up super overwhelmed and, uh, having to be responsible for all the reaction from my stepkids. So they didn't want to do that, you know, and my husband didn't really see them and didn't want to accept that. They didn't want to be that kind of person. You know, my, my 11-year-old stepdaughter, she takes a lot like uh, after her mom. She doesn't like to do any of these activities. And I was the one doing it. And I started seeing her suffering, you know, gosh, she likes to paint and draw. And her dad's forcing her to do these sports. And I am the one responsible taking it, you know. Right. So And then I stepped back from that. I was like, no, I'm not doing it. And then he was always blaming the mom, you know, thinking, oh, no, she has a problem. She needs to step in. I I, I think like people, people are different, you know. Right. And it, it's part of who they are. They're, they are part of you, so they're going to have a little bit of sport experience, but they won't have it with their mom, and, and that's okay. But for him, no. I think if she was, like, past, if she was dead, for him, it would be easier. Right. That's how he thinks. A lot of times, for instance, with us, David's kids wanted to do karate, but the weeks that they were with their mom, she wouldn't take them. Mm-hmm. So... I think, if I remember correctly, David went and got them several times to take them, but then she got upset that he was taking them on her time. Yeah. And in my court papers, it states that I am not to make plans for my child during his father's visitation. Now, granted, my son, I have him all the time except every other weekend, but a lot of the extracurricular activities still had activities on the weekends. Mm -hmm. So I remember one time his dad said, I wanted to sign him up for basketball at the church near where I live. Well, it would have been during my time. And I was like, that's fine. I asked Jackson if he wanted to go and he did. Uh So we did that. But then Jackson didn't want to do it anymore. Uh-huh. And if the child does not want to do it, there's no sense in making them. You're making them miserable. Yeah. You're making yourself miserable. I remember I mentioned you about the domestic violence issue that we have. Because this mom, she came to me and she said, uh, I'm afraid of my husband. Mm-hmm. I When we were married, because I had no idea of that, you know. When I met my dear husband, I thought it was like he was like one of those stories that the wife cheated on him and left. Right. That was it for mm-hmm. me. I never saw anything different until I started having to deal with these issues and seeing the way he treated her and how controlling he is. So now I was like, oh, my God, I got into a situation that it's way, way uh, worse than what I thought. And I had to get a lot of preparation. And she told me that she left because of emotional abuse. Mm-hmm. Which is a completely different situation, you know, like if it, and I was like, oh my goodness, if she was in that shoes, you know, anyone can be because this is an issue with my husband. Right. That he needs to work on it. Right. Mm -hmm. So it became a marriage issue with us, which he is, thank God, working 
on his self-growth. My husband is a military, right? Mm-hmm. So he was deployed twice and it affects them uh, psychologically. So uh, he's working towards to get uh, his P- PTSD assessments and stuff like this and really work on himself mm-hmm. to become a better person right? and face those issues because for him, he wasn't being abusive or anything to her, you know, right. He doesn't really see it like this. So just, just, so he has to walk, he had to walk through a whole path of realizing, acknowledging, you know, and now he is into the process of changing. That's good. That's good that, yeah. he, that he's seeking that help. He is, he is. And that's why we're together. And and it's not going to be like um, tomorrow, you know, it's going to be years and years and a lot of uh, hard work on my part and on everybody's in this family and and all the stresses of the blended family made uh, makes those things worse. You know, we live so many stresses. Right. That when you have your own personal issues, oh gosh, sometimes it's even impossible, right? I've heard people telling me like, oh, it's going to be, she thinks, his ex thinks, she tells me, I don't know how you're going to make this. You know, this is not going to work. And I told her, well, I, <laughs> I made a vow and and I see that as long as the other person is, is, is walking towards their growth and their change, I don't see a problem as long as it's, if everything is safe and I keep myself safe and everything is safe. I'm, right. I'm on. I'm hard. I'm on. I'm not going to jump off the ship. <laughs> it would be different if he was abusive towards you. Yes. Yes. And some people think that abuse is black and white. It's not. No. It's not. I've got a friend that her and her boyfriend, they cuss at each other all the time. Yeah. That's not abuse to them. To me, if David talked to me like that, I would consider it abusive. Yes. Yes. Like I said, it's not black and white. Now, let me ask you this, though. If he hollers at your kids to do something, how does that make you feel? It makes me feel terrible. In the beginning, I thought when I saw him having the kid, he's been so strict. And everybody always told me that I wasn't very consistent with my kids. And that's why they misbehave because my kids are a daredevil. They are like the, I thought I would never have a boyfriend because of my kid. Mm-hmm. They are difficult kids, ADHD, hyperactive, uh, <laughs> unruly, like my mother says. <laughs> and my husband, I remember when I married him with this military thing, for me, it was like, oh, good, somebody's going to save me. He's going to be here. He's going to yell at my kids and they're going to listen because I'm not, I don't yell. I do the reward thing, you know, la, la, la. and then they start listening to him because they were scared of him, right? At first, I thought it was no respect, but it wasn't. You know, they were freaked. They were afraid of him right and then i started to realize no i don't want this but i was already there in that marriage you know and then i started talking to my husband it's now me telling him no please don't yell at my kids they're suffering they don't like that and he's like well i don't know how to do it different and okay so now it's another thing that you need to go and work on yourself i wanted to change this parenting not only for my kids but for all the kids because it's not really working, you know, like when you have, a, it's been proved that the authoritarian parents is like, you get the fear out of them, but that doesn't mean that they are learning anything. Right. And my mom was like that. Yeah. Now she'd also tear your tail up too, because that was back <laughs> in the day where you could beat your kid with whatever. And it was no big deal. Yeah. But I know. Like this. Yeah. Was your husband, was he raised with really strict parents or do you think it's just the military? No, he was raised like this. He had his butt Okay. And the yelling too. The yelling also was something ingrained in the family. Yes. And, you know, I have to make a conscious effort to not be like my mom. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest, I'm not perfect. A lot of times my mom comes out at me and my son will look at me like I'm crazy because he knows that I didn't appreciate her raising me the way she did as far as the yelling and the screaming at you. Yeah. I think it's funny, though. You said something about your husband. He wants to be in control. But he'll tell his kids to do chores, but he doesn't follow up. No, no, because he knows it's painful when he wants the control. So he prefers to turn a blind eye, you know? Yes. Because he also has the guilt parenting in him, Mm -hmm. which is not that bad in him, which I am very surprised because he doesn't really. I think the control is so much greater on him that doesn't let the guilt parent come in, you know? (laughs) Hey, that's, that's probably true. 
Yeah. When your need for control outweighs your guilty parent syndrome, that's not really a bad thing because you could have it the other way. Yeah, yeah. We had a lady that we interviewed, um, I think it was yesterday, and she referred to having the mom's eye. Like, you know, moms see things that dads don't. Yeah. Stepmoms see a lot on their stepkids. Yes. Oh, well, stepmoms with their stepkids have like binoculars, telescopes, microscopes, everything. I mean, you know, we can see anything that child's thinking about doing wrong. Yeah. But even as having the mom's eye, I really like when she said that because I know a lot of times parents will tell their kids to do something and it's the mom that notices it's not done, not the dad. Yeah. And is it because the mom's the heavy in the house or the disciplinarian or is it just women are more detail oriented? Yeah. I am not this kind of woman, which is kind of like for my marriage. <laughs> <laughs> JJ, this is my symptom. I am unattentive. I have my husband says that I have Alzheimer's. <laughs> so it's very hard to live with me too. I know it's hard. It's funny, but it's hard. Yeah. And I'm not very consistent. So if I am seeing something, it's because it's not really getting done, you know? Yes. I only catch what the things I do every day, for example, the shores. I notice that it gets undone because I am there in charge of that. You know, mm-hmm. but I'm not very attentive, which, which I think which helps in my relationship. Imagine if I was like this and my husband's like this control freak. So that would be too much for the kids. Yeah. It's funny you said that my son and David both, they're like, you don't listen. And I'm like, yes, I do. Well, I asked my son yesterday, he's wanting to go somewhere this evening. And I said, did the guy ever respond to you? And I never heard him respond or I thought he said no. Well, like 30 minutes later, I said, Jackson, did the guy ever respond to you? He's like, I already told you. And I'm like, no, you didn't. He said, yes, I did. And Jackson and I, we cut up a lot. And he comes and he holds my face and he says, <laughs> the guy said yes. <laughs> and then a little bit later, it was probably 30 minutes later, he walks in the kitchen and I said, Jackson, did that guy ever respond to you? You should have <laughs> seen the look on his face. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But a lot of times I will ask him, I'll say, did you do your homework? And then I don't pay attention. So I don't know what he said. I know I asked. Yeah. But then it's like, what did he say to me? I don't know. So I ask again and he's, oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So you got somebody inattentive in yourself too, just like me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I am exactly. Like this. And and David's the same way. So we have a lot of fun. I told him we're going to start recording every conversation we have. <laughs> because one of us is, you didn't tell me that. And the other's, yeah, I did. We don't know. We really don't know. <laughs> so, okay, thank you that you're both like this. So you, you, I don't know if it's easier to navigate. But my husband, my husband, he is very, he knows everything. And he's very attention. Oh, yeah. He says that it's because he was strange to be. And. And I am like totally, he says, unruled. And it's so funny because all of the control issues, I catch him talking to other people up with her. And he mentions me like I am out of all of his control. And he gives up. He said, I cannot control this one. This one does whatever she wants. There you go. And that's not a bad thing. (laughs) No, that's why we're together. Yeah. But he's met his match. Yeah, it's very good that he knows that he is not controlling me here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so is your husband nachoing your kids now? No, he doesn't. He do- He's still struggling with it. But I haven't, I have started introducing him to it, thrown the effects. Because what happens? I try to talk about it. No, he, 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 for him, it's like me. If I mention that, he doesn't understand. You know, he, he, he really blames me. He puts a lot of mom guilt on me, all my stepkids, because for him, it's so twi- twist up in his mind, you know, because he thought he would marry me and I would take over the mom role. Yes. Mom. Mm-hmm. And the mom guilt and the mom responsibility and sacrifice for my stepkids, you know, in his mind, I have to sacrifice my life for my stepkids, for everybody equally. And he is like that. He treats my kids equally. He doesn't see a difference, you know, it, there is a difference, but he fights with himself because he feels bad about it. Right. And I remember once I was very angry at him and I told him, I don't love them the same. And he was like, what? (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> For him, it was like the, the 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 house broke down, you know, like, how come you say that? But I don't feel it, you know, and I don't feel good about it. And I'm okay to express myself, but not, not anymore after your reaction. Yeah. <laughs> I should hide this <laughs> out, right? <laughs> it's like we always say, you teach people how to respond to you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> how you react. Yes. And he does. He is, he is the, the breadwinner now, right? Because I am a for I'm not anymore. Finally got a job. Woohoo. Woohoo. This is part of my natural plan. Yeah. Because what happened when I got married since I was a foreigner, they you know, if, until you get your documents ready, I couldn't work. So I could never work as a student and I could never work legally, right? As after I got married, I had to wait till the documents are all sorted off. Because when I was a student, I had money. I was living out of my income that I had saved to come here instead. So I was I was little, but I had. And uh, with all this staying here and getting married uh, forced me to fight for the custody. And I, I burned my money. So I was completely dependent on my husband. Yes. And no job. We me in a very difficult situation, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I put myself in a very difficult situation. And then first thing I did, I was like, I need to do something because he puts all this guilty on me because I even bad a mom, you know, she sometimes I catch her telling him, but never stays at home, you know, because one thing that was horrible that happened with us, it was with the pandemic. I first step up to keep all the kids and I was still in school at that time. And I kept all the kids full time and study and I went crazy. And the mom couldn't handle the kids at home at the same time working online. It is hard, right? I can't imagine if you have to work in your computer and the kids over. Oh, my goodness. It's hard. I couldn't study. I imagine work. Yes. And so we were like, oh, what should we do? Because with the whole issue, when they go to their mother, she's going to put them in a daycare. And how is that going to be when they come back? But we don't want to block the kids. But I cannot take all these responsibilities because I'm afraid of this virus. So that was so horrible. And I had, for my mental health sickness, I had to say no for for that. And so the mother had to, to find daycare. And her solution was to put the kids at the next door neighbor because that's the only one she could afford. Right. For me, it was like, no. There must be some better place, you know, like you're not going to take the kids here next door. I felt terrible. It was hard for me to understand because my husband pays for it, but they had an agreement on. That's what the custody agreement is. He gives her the alimony and everything, alimony, no, the child support, and then extra for daycare because she works full time, right? Mm-hmm. So he's responsible at, when they are with her. He is responsible for daycare for them until I think it's $500, no more than that. So if anything is going to cost more, she has to be responsible for that. Right. And she changed her job at that time and she she didn't have any extra. So she could only find, she needs to find a place where she could only have that support for my, for my husband, right? Nothing more expensive than she didn't have the money. Nobody in her family wanted to help her. And uh, so the only solution she found was a neighbor. She, they used to be friends and she, this neighbor had take care, watches kids. You know, it's not really a daycare. It's like she watches and she, they pay her for it. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if it's legal, but anyway, but they, they were used to having them there. And it's right next to our house, right, right next, the house next to us. So she did that and she put the kids there and there they've been since, since I, I stepped out of it. I said, no, I'm not doing full time. I can't. And, uh, and it's been very painful for my stepkids because many times they come to me and said, why don't you get us? You know, you're home. Right. My stepkids are home. My, my stepbrother and sister, they're home. I see them playing on the street. I see you. And then they start to watch at the window and see, where did you go this afternoon? I saw you went you went running, you know, like, why, why are you, you watching me? You know? So I became this person who is super mean because <laughs> I am doing my self-care and I'm not watching them. And for my husband, this was terrible, terrible. And she kind of did trip him about it. And I remember she saying, but she is, she signed up for that, you know, when she married you. And I, that was the first time my husband <laughs> defend me. And I was like, Oh, thank God. 
I said, no, she didn't sign up for that. You know, you sign up for that when you wanted the 50-50 custody. Right. You need to be responsible for them during your time. And if you think putting them in the neighbor for saving you money, I understand you don't have it. I don't have it. He said, I don't want it. And Deborah cannot do it. She is, she's overwhelmed. And it's going to be painful for the, 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 the girls. And it is. It is painful for my stepkids. They don't really understand why they have to go through that. Why they can't be in their house, you know? Right. It's it's very hard. Mm-hmm. This is very hard on everybody. Well, you're doing a great job and you've come a long way. And I have no doubt that you will continue to even get better. Yeah. Yeah. Learning a lot. Yes. Yes. Well, Deborah, thank you so much for being a guest. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> we really appreciate it and keep in touch. Yeah. Yeah. I have to do like my, because I, I signed up for the Academy and I have to do my profile and everything. I haven't done anything. I've been listening and 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 uh, to the podcasts and learning a lot, mm-hmm. but I haven't introduced myself or done anything. I'll have to do that. Yeah, do that. And who, who knows, maybe we can get your husband on board and he can watch some of the courses and he can start nachoing. Yeah, I hope so. That's my goal now. Yeah. Little by little introducing it to him to see if he can let go of my bio kits. Yes. Disciplining them. This is not working. So. Exactly. All right. Well, I will see you in the academy, girl. Okay. All right. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed our interview with Deborah. I thought you was going to sing for a second. No. Good. Y'all know I can't sing. I've busted out a few times on here with something. I know. Shocked me dead. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right, y'all. That's all for today. That it? Yeah. You good? All right, folks. Thanks for joining us. Join us again next week for another exciting episode when we apparently will be interviewing another stepmom since stepdads won't get on here. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, stepdads. We know you're listening. Give us a call. We'll put you on. Tell your side of the story. We know it ain't all roses and sunshine dealing with these women. <laughs> all right. Join us again next week. And remember, for Lori and myself, life is good. When you nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.